the Falcons' defense is really going to have to step up because Brady is a spectacularly efficient quarterback. I mean, he has, he has great hair. He has taken complaining to the officials to a whole new level. He's actually, you know, he's a, he's a Michigan man, but he is he has combined the very worst of Michigan man with the very worst of Boston, and that is, you know, he is perfectly willing to complain his way to the top. The Atlanta Falcons are set to play the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 51. As I sit here and listen to what I'm saying, I can't quite believe it to be true just yet. I mean, having been a Falcon fan for my entire life, it just seems strange. It, it's a good strange, but strange nonetheless, that a game, which is typically just an excuse to grill out, get together with friends, and half-heartedly pay attention to two teams you don't really care about, that that game involves your team. Your team looking for its first ever Vince Lombardi Trophy, Super Bowl Championship, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this is the Falcons we're talking about. It's a franchise whose all-time record is 337 wins, 444 losses, and six ties. And they're going up against Tom Brady and the vaunted Patriots, who have won four Super Bowls. However, Atlanta most definitely belongs in this game, despite what the Boston media and national media will tell you. And this particular fan thinks they're going to win it all. And it's not even going to be close. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 81 of the Waitin' Since Last Saturday podcast. In today's show, my co-hosts Will Leach and Tony Waller join me to break down Super Bowl 51. I know we're a Georgia football basketball podcast, but safe to say most UGA fans are also Falcon fans. Plus, with Georgia football not set to play another meaningful game until September, now is the time for us to branch out into a few other topics that interest us. So in this episode, you'll hear how I developed my fandom for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I was kind of born into it. What the three of us predict will be the outcome of Super Bowl 51. One of us picks the Patriots. And towards the end of the show, Tony and Will do jump into some Georgia basketball talk as tournament season grows closer. Make sure to hang around to the end of the show because Will is set to appear on a national news talk show or radio show. No, not radio. No, he's going to be on TV this weekend. And I give him a secret phrase to mention on air as a subtle shout-out to all WSLS podcast listeners. So I hope you enjoy the show. Here's Will to kick us off. I'm curious, Scott, as our, I think, our top most trusted chronicler of Atlanta sports fan misery. Mm. Um, yes. And I, I've used your story about the, the time the Braves won the World Series several times. Uh, we've discussed it many times in the past. In the... Story history of Atlanta sports. If the Falcons were to win this game, they would become the second team in Atlanta in the 60-some-odd years that has won a championship. I'm curious, do you think, as teams that have captured the civic imagination, would you think that this Falcons team is up there? Do you think that the level of excitement... I've I've seen people... There was on the Friday before the NFC Championship game, all the teachers at my kid's school were wearing Falcon stuff. Like, it does feel that there's a big hashtag rise up thing happening. Do you, Does this feel like a breakthrough moment or does this feel like a setup for another sad moment moment? That is a very good question. I've not thought of it that way. I think... The rising up and the excitement about it has a lot to do with, uh, you know, the ease of social media now. It's funny because uh, the last time the Falcons were in the Super Bowl, there was no such thing as Twitter or Facebook. Uh, I mean, I didn't even have a cell phone back then in 1998. But uh, to answer your question, I remember back in the day, and I'm just speaking about Falcons here. 1982 was really big. I remember my dad crestfallen in the divisional round when the Cowboys and Danny White beat the Falcons. I remember back in the early 90s, uh, we had uh, MC Hammer and Deion Sanders kind of doing the too legit to quit with Andre Risen, and they made the playoffs. I especially remember that because I happened to be at Hartsfield-Jackson Airport when the Falcons were leaving to go up to RFK to play the Redskins, and everybody was hyped up then. We were even on the news at the airport. And then that was the muddy field game. The Falcons never had a chance. Mark Rippon just picked them apart surgically. 98, like I mentioned a second ago, was huge for me because I was in college. I was at the Sigma Chi house. I remember exactly where I was when Morton Anderson kicked the field goal and Athens went bonkers. And that was just a few, three short years from when the Braves won the World Series. So having said all that, 
this does not match the Braves run in 95 or in the early 90s. I don't think you could really compare it because that Braves run was just so long lasting. However, if this happens, uh, it's come on really quickly towards the end because after that Kansas City loss, we were kind of up in the air. But now that they've rolled off like five or six in a row, I think you will see uh, a burst of emotion uh, similar to what the Cavaliers showed when uh, Cleveland won the championship last June. Hey, Will, I, I think there's an interesting thing Scott touched on there, though, is that, you know, the Braves the Braves won the World Series in 95. It's kind of a culmination of several years of getting nearly to the mountaintop and not. I mean, it looked like, even as late as Thanksgiving, that this was a Falcon team that's going to fold up like they did last year. And the fact that, I mean, they are easily, I mean, they are everything you look at and say, you need a team to get hot at the right time. And they, boy, have they. And I think that's probably why they've snuck up on a lot of people and probably in our collective consciousness while they've snuck up on us. Because then there's people probably looking up right now like, oh, God, the Falcons are in the Super Bowl, really? Because, you know, we, I think after that Kansas City game, you're right. I think we're kind of, everyone's just kind of left the Falcons for dead. And that now that they're there, um, I, you know, the one caveat I would add to that, to what Scott said, is that, this is probably the closest thing in my mind to what it would be like. I mean, you know, look, Will, you're fortunate. You know, you your hometown um, Cardinals, at least. I mean, this is a regular thing, right? You expect them to make the playoffs. You expect them to make playoff runs. I mean, the Falcons haven't really made back-to-back playoffs, maybe in their history. And the fact that they're in the Super Bowl, not just in the Super Bowl, but beat. The I guess last year's participant or two year ago's participant in the Super Bowl in one game, uh, and then did so against the Green Bay team where everyone thought, well, Eric, you can't stop Aaron Rodgers. And it's just, it, it, I wouldn't say it's a team of destiny. It's impossible to say that until we see what happens next Sunday. But it's pretty impressive. You know, I'll say, I'm sure as all listeners have been watching every episode of Sports Illustrated's Pro Football Now all season, uh, know <laughs> uh, that mm-hmm. I have been beating this Falcons drum for a while. There is a thing called, uh, if, if you go to Pro Football Reference, which is a incredible site, they also do baseball reference, college football reference, college basketball reference. They do all of these uh, reference shows. The, they Basically, it's the, the old baseball encyclopedia. It's like that online for everyone. Paul Sporer does an incredible job. Anyway, they have this thing called Simple Rating System. The Simple Rating System is it's a, it's a down-and-dirty way. It, it was initially put together to help gamblers and the idea that a team – how many points is a team better than a league average team on a neutral field? And that's the idea of what that number is supposed to be. It's put together basically compi- uh, putting together strength of schedule, margin of victory – uh, and then it also adds into like efficiency running the ball. It's a it's a rough and dirty stat that still brings in some deep analytical things. They have been arguing that stat all year, pretty much since like week four, has had the best team in the NFL is the Patriots, and the second best team in the NFL is the Falcons. They've had them better than the Cowboys all the year. They've had them better than the, the Packers all year. They've had them better than the Seahawks all year. Better than the Steelers all year. The Raiders, who were a hot team, they have been up on this Falcons team even before they made that run. This Falcons team. If, it's funny. The thing that they remind me of, one thing I can relate to, you mentioned St. Louis. I lived in St. Louis in 1999. I was there. The I yeah. was there for the greatest show on turf team. And the thing that was awesome about that team, I think they, they, they kind of had it from week one or week two, whereas the Falcons, I think, kind of got that really in the second half of the season. But that sense of... I don't know how anybody stops this team from scoring. <laughs> is that like when you watch that team? I was there on my twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fourth birthday, watching um, Kurt Warner take apart five touchdowns to Isaac Bruce, take apart uh, San Francisco, and it was you. It was, you just couldn't believe like no one's ever going to stop this team. This team can score like crazy. The last few weeks, the Falcons have felt like that. They have felt like, I, I know it doesn't seem that way because we've seen, the thing that was amazing about that Warner team was they came out of nowhere. Like no one knew who Kurt Warner was. They Everyone thought the Rams were going to be terrible. And all of a sudden they were, they had this historic offense. The Falcons, it doesn't feel that way because we've seen Matt Ryan for a while. We've seen a lot of these guys. But the way this offense is run, the way that Shanahan has it put, has put it together, it is that kind of offense, which is really exciting to watch Except you remember the only team that ever stopped that offense 
It was Bill Belichick and the Patriots. That was the team that did that during that that one time in in American history, which will seem hilarious to think of now. That in that 2002 Super Bowl, right after 9/11. People were rooting for the Patriots. They were America's team. It seems insane to think of now, but they, they were the ones that put together the plan to stop an, the last great offense I've seen that it was at the level that the Falcons' offense is running right now. So that's a little thing to be scared about, but that's an amazing idea that this Falcons team has that kind of offense. This team is good. It is good. It is fun to watch. I just love the fact that Matt Ryan can drop back and not really feel much pressure. I mean, it, it, Green Bay hardly got a finger on him. And then he can just sit there and pick and choose and, and just kind of go down his checks from if Julio's covered, well, then he's got Sanu, who's a the perfect number two receiver. And then Justin Hardy comes out of nowhere. Taylor Gabriel, who is or my kid's favorite player, uh, the he's basically like the Isaiah McKenzie <laughs> for the Falcons. And if you, if you don't love watching Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman run the ball, then you don't love football because you just you just mash all those people up together and it's like pick your poison. Oh yeah, and then uh, Levine Toyololo learned how to catch a ball last season and now he he's got great hands at six foot eight. So I'm going to go ahead and, and and put it out there. I don't know how the vaunted and I'm using my air quotes right now Patriots defense is really going to stop them because it's uh, the only the only way the Falcons are really going to be in trouble in this game is if they stop themselves and that could happen, but. I don't anticipate it because I am super, super high on the Falcons. Well, the interesting thing is, is New England does have the best defense in the NFL, and that I mean they haven't played anybody. Impressive. I, well, I, I was just about to say, but their schedule has been pretty. Tep- they, they certainly haven't played the quality quarterback that Matt Ryan is. Uh, and there's lots of crosshairs here. You know, Matt Ryan played at Boston College. That's where he got his you know kind of Matty Ice uh, nickname, just because. He's so good. He's the best quarterback in the NFL while he's under pressure. I mean, he's completing some, I don't know, like 74% of his passes when he's under pressure. It's just something ridiculous this season. Um, you know, the interesting thing, and I've, I've, I've kind of debated all day kind of how to not tie this back to the college football, and I'll be careful not to, but, you know, Belichick's, Belichick's defense, particularly the way he coaches his, uh, his pass coverage, is very similar to what we see uh, – and something we talked about all season with Georgia's um, that they they basically teach their their cornerbacks and safeties uh, route trees. They tr- teach them to think like think like receivers. That that is that if if they're going to stop Atlanta, that's how they stop them. The fact that Matt has no one to go to. But the wild card in my mind is okay. You have that, but also you, we have you know the tight end who is who is a legitimate threat and also. Well, Coleman and Freeman both. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Coleman and Freeman both can catch the ball out of the backfield. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting, I guess, contrast in styles. Because I, my guess is, is New England's going to want to grind it out. They're going to get like Garrett Blunt and, and Deion Lewis touches. They, you know, they're going to they weren't shorten the game uh, because you. <laughs> I mean, much like the, the last seven minutes of the national championship game in, foot, in college football, you know, you don't want to score too fast because Jalen Adams just going to get the ball back and. Uh, those offensive weapons are impressive. Well, the, and the Falcons' defense has really stepped up. I think you've even read some printed articles, like reference points, talking about how the Falcons' defense, especially in the playoffs, uh, has really come to life. And, and, you know, that's proven. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was getting completely harassed. I think it was either Collins or Poole that destroyed him right near the goal line after he'd thrown a pass in the first half. I don't even know how he got up from that. i got to give him a lot of credit for that. But uh, the rookies, Keanu Neal, and Deion Jones, both SEC guys, one from Florida, one from LSU, and even Poole, who was an undrafted guy, I think out of Florida, is that right? I think so. Uh, William Poole? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I am bullish on the Falcons. I don't know if you can tell my excitement, but uh, I am. I'm, I wish it was right now, going on right now, and we were getting in the fourth quarter. Man, I'm ready. <laughs> I So I got to step in on this, because this is... <laughs> is it too, this, much, too much positivity for you? No, it's not too much positivity, but this is... I mean, I'm sorry, but this is totally what Georgia fans do, right? <laughs> like, like, like you guys, like you guys are totally down on the team. Come on, everyone's riding them off. Everyone's sick of them, and then they get hot, and we're like, we are unbeatable. I ran into some dude. Uh, uh, I, I saw before the before the Georgia Texas game. Uh, our friend uh, Tim Kelly had some people over before the game, and there was some dude there. And he was talking about the Falcons, and he was saying th- things that were very similar to what you were just saying, uh, Scott. 
I don't know how anybody beats this Falcons team. I don't know how anybody's going to do it. The Patriots, they've got a good defense, but they haven't played anybody. No one's touched this Falcons team. This is this is this is totally what you guys do. <laughs> like this is what I've learned in the in in my in my time here in Georgia. And I don't mean just with Georgia specifically football. Uh, I just mean like all sports. This is the thing. You guys are you guys are convinced everything is going to fall apart. We're, it's gonna, the team's going to break our heart. <laughs> Everything's going to happen until your team is really good. And then you're like, we are killing everyone. We are destroying everyone. We are going to, this is going to be awesome. And they're going to break your heart again. And then you're going to say, why do I believe? Why do I care? It's like, I knew the whole time I will be protected against this next time. And then you'll have a really awesome team again. And be like, all right, no one's going to stop us. And they're going to break your heart again. Cause that's what happens. Will, you've been around me way too long because you're describing me to a T. <laughs> guilty, guilty as charged. <laughs> it ain't just well, I, you, I man. Say, it ain't just you. I, I will say, you know, how, this, how the Falcons lose this game is if they do underestimate the Brady to Edelman uh, connection. Uh, you know, he Edelman has just looked really good in the postseason. He's, he's been targeted on something ridiculous for like 24% of all of, of Brady's, uh, Brady's looks. In, in the postseason, it's catching upwards of eighty percent of them. Um, you know that is. How about Hogan too? I mean, he's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, you underestimate Tom Brady at Aaron Parallel and say he can do that when he is uh, what this is his seventh Super Bowl will, and now he's on his third supermodel. I don't. Under, I think that's right. Um, I, we'll we'll put research on that. But it will the 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 Falcons off defense is really going to have to step up because Brady is a spectacularly efficient quarterback. I mean. I mean, he just he has he has great hair. He is he has taken complaining to the officials to the top, to a, to a whole new level. He's actually you know he's a, he's a Michigan man, but he is he has combined the very worst of Michigan man with the very worst of Boston, and uh, that is you know he is perfectly willing to complain his way to the top. And it's worked. I don't think that is uh, entirely fair. I think he's a little bit more. <laughs> no, no, no. He he is he is actually a pretty good quarterback. Okay, and he's proven that over 14 years in the NFL. Will stop with your stats and all your facts. Well, one of the but... things that's amazing about him this year is he's having his like his best year. He's not having his like his his most incredible yardage year or his most incredible touchdown year, but he's having his most like efficient. Oh yeah, he's incredible, incredible. Like, he had two interceptions in that game against the Texans, which was as many interceptions as he had during the regular season. I mean, he has, wow. been, he has been terrific. He's just not making mistakes. You saw in that Pittsburgh game, he just took them apart. Let's not forget Malcolm Mitchell, by the way. <laughs> Malcolm Mitchell, uh, one yeah. of his wide receivers. And, and Boss Andrews. Yes, exactly. So, like, there is, you know, he is playing at a level that, you know, I, I joked about this. Uh, I have a... a piece in the Los Angeles Times this week about the weirdness of I, I understand everybody hates Brady and everybody hates Belichick. I understand more why people hate Belichick than Brady, to be entirely honest. But uh, I was joking how you know, I my one of the, the things I always do with my father, because uh, my father saw Stan Musial play at the old Sportsman's Park, and it just blows my mind that my father saw Stan Musial play. So I always want to ask him, like, what was Stan Musial like? What was it like to see him? And and he'll and he'll tell me about he, his perfect you know, the way he ran and the way he could he hit the ball in the corner. All these great stories, and I realized that like in like twenty five years. Uh, our children are going to ask us, what was it like to watch Tom Brady? And our response is going to be, when he came on television, I flipped off the camera and I put a lot, I put penises on his head and posted it to Twitter on Photoshop. Like, that is the way we're responding to the best quarterback of all time, who is going to be this good for, like, it's funny, I, I, I mentioned this in my essay for uh, Sports Illustrated last week, but like, in any other context, like when Peyton Manning was playing going into his last game, Super Bowl last year, or when John Elway was in his, his last Super Bowl, last, they, the, the question was like, wow, are you going to end with a championship? This is the thing we always want from quarterbacks. End on a title. End like a champion. Do the Elway. Do the Jordan, because everyone pretends the DC the Wizards thing didn't happen. Uh, like <laughs> End with like this championship thing. And totally, this would be this would be the culminating moment for Brady. This would be the moment he gets to stick it to Goodell, and he gets to win win a championship, having one of his best seasons without Gronkowski, and just really like the perfect ending. But no one's asking him that question because he's still maybe the best quarterback in football, and no one thinks he's actually going to retire because he's so good that they can do it for like five or ten more years. That is an amazing thing, and I have to tell you, as excited as I am for this Falcons team, and as much fun as they are to watch. I can't pick a Pittsburgh. I will get into the picks in a moment, but like the way that he's playing is it's 
perfection. Like it is the, and not that Ryan has not been as uh, uh, perfect in every possible way. Per- Ryan has been as people have been ra- raving about Rogers. Ryan's been just as good for that last half of the season, and then just killed him last week. This is not to devalue Ryan, but man, this feels like a high-scoring game where there's a ton of points, and somehow Brady's going to get that ball last, mm. and that's mm. that's going to go down. That's what I think that's going to happen. Go down. Wow, Falcons better defer if they win the toss. <laughs> I don't think it works well, that I mean, way. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a couple of things. First off, we're not Jets fans, so there's going to be no penises on faces. Um, <laughs> oh, it's not like just Jets fans. It's not just Jets fans. I think there are there are if there. I'm sure the couple of Jaguars fans do it too. Fine, Jets, Jets, and Pittsburgh fans, and Miami fans, <laughs> right? So you have the, the second point, which is which is kind of what I let off with talking about Brady is how efficient he's been. It's kind of impossible to underrate the Goodell factor factor here because you know just if you just started following the NFL Brady sat out the first four games of the season because of the not enough air being in footballs last year um is that am I getting even close on that um it seems seems like something I read on the internet there is a level of particularly how well he has played in the past five games seven games there is an element of him playing, ramping up how he's playing just to be able to play in front of Roger Goodell. I mean, Goodell has famously avoided going to any New England game this season, in particular the playoff games. He was at the NFC Championship game, for example, in Atlanta. There is that. And I have a, I have a little bit of a confession to make. Now, I've, I've been a Falcons fan for as, for as long as I can remember. But having grown up when I grew up, you know, the 82 was the first year the Falcons kind of, I guess, 80 a little bit. 82 was kind of the first year they made a blip. I was, I rooted for, I rooted for New England in those early, those late 70s Super Bowls or even our middle 70s Super Bowls because I met Julius Adams, who was their great defensive end. He came, I did the YMCA camp in Waycross, Georgia, and he came and signed autographs. And, you know, I got, I had a signed Julius Adams, you know, what they gave away at the time, cigars, uh, Chesterfields. I don't remember now. But, um, the, you know, so I, I actually, you know, the old, um, I almost said, wasn't Tony Eason. Was it Tony Eason? Was the quarterback? Uh, would have been Illinois. Uh, Illinois graduates, Tony Eason. Uh, yeah, Tony Eason. Not Jacob's the, father. In, not Jacob's father. No. There, there, is a, there is a Tony Eason who is his uncle, but it's not that Tony Eason. Wow. You know, this is, I'm, and I'm not torn. I'm not torn by this at all. I want the Falcons to win if for no other reason so Dan Shaughnessy can, you know, feel like the, the Falcons are an actual, I guess the, I guess the, what was the 07 Red Sox uh, World Series championship when they beat the Rockies didn't really count because it wasn't the Cardinals or somebody like that. Can I note in um, one thing very briefly about that column? This is Boston and this is the Patriots. It's very possible that, like, the Super Bowl matchup would be Patriots against literally the horsemen of the apocalypse that will save us from all total destruction. And Dan Shaughnessy and the Boston Papers would be like, is this a worthy opponent for the New England oh, yeah, Patriots? No. Is this he, are, are that, they good enough? He was pointing out the fact that the Braves didn't give David Ortiz a nice trophy <laughs> yeah. when he came through Atlanta. Yeah, that's, that's idiotic. Uh, yeah, seriously. Boston sports writers are just the worst. Well, Boston I mean, fans I, uh, are too. <laughs> I mean, look, Will, Will, I know you and your fellow Cardinal fan catch a lot of grief, and, and maybe some of it deservedly, not you personally, um, but oh, Boston sports fans are way worse. It's not even close. And, look, Matt Fanning and Jonathan McGinty are close friends of mine, but you know what? They're just bad people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so well, what do you guys think? Should we should we start making those uh, official predictions? Should we do it? Hold on, I got I have a spoiler alert. I have a spoiler alert. We are not talking about things that happened in the past in this in this podcast. That's right. I guess we shouldn't talk about Georgia beating Texas because you know I mean that happened yesterday and somebody might not know yet. <laughs> I was told him I, the whole time I'm screaming, "What time is it in Texas?" It's ten to nine. I was so happy. That's right. That was a good win. Uh, that was good. Yeah, I want, I want to talk yes. about basketball very briefly in a in a in a, in a moment. But we should. Uh, do you have Scott? Did you want to add something before we made predictions? Uh, I did. I, I mentioned earlier in my opening statement that uh, the Cavaliers won the NBA championship last year, the first time ever that really. Let's just go ahead and say the first time ever that Cleveland won a championship. I know 1950s don't count. The Cubs oh, won the World you're, Series. You're, you're, oh, yeah. I knew you're going to do that to Will. Well, I'm just I'm just like stating like crazy things that have happened in sports. Uh, Clemson beat Bama, and it, you know people forget Clemson hadn't won a national championship in 36 years. They won it the year after Georgia did. Georgia's number one in recruiting. They've surpassed Alabama and Ohio State because of uh, the job that Kirby uh, is doing. 
And then uh, the Braves, the Falcons, and you know the Georgia Bulldogs to some extent have new stadiums uh, now. The Bulldogs having the uh, indoor practice facility. Georgia did beat Texas. Uh, please don't get mad at us for mentioning that. And um, my Atlanta Hawks in four overtimes this evening beat the New York Knicks. I just had to throw that out because who wins four overtime games? I guess it's a little bit easier when uh, Carmelo and a couple of your other guys fell out. Sorry, Will. Yeah, uh, I think you're at that game. Um, I was there for the first half. I had my, fu- yeah, I, I had both of my children with me. We left at <laughs> halftime. If I had just had William with me, the five year old, he would have stayed for fifty overtimes. But uh, okay, but when 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 was he's two? He wasn't he wasn't able to make it that long. But we did watch the end of the game when we got back, and it was an incredible game in which Chris Sesporzingas, Carmelo Anthony, Joakim Noah, all and and Kyle Quinn all fouled out, and still. They were one yes. point away from putting that to a fifth overtime. One it was an amazing away. game. It was an amazing game. Yeah. My final point was that during fantasy this year, I named my team not since 1995 mm-hmm. because that was the last time an Atlanta sports franchise won a championship. So I'm saying right now that that will not be my fantasy football name mm-hmm. next year. Okay. So you are picking Atlanta. Yeah, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I told my boys that I, would, I will shed tears on Sunday evening if that happens. I think what he's saying is the birds. What? I think I think what Scott's saying is saying is the birds. The birds. The oh birds. yeah, dub. Yeah, the there birds. we go. Are we talking about little bitty quins? Are we talking about full size quins? Um, so, I, I guess I'm the only person who remember the super fans. Okay. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> y'all just very plot ways and it just wasn't that funny, Tony. So um, I, I try to be really rational about these things, even when it comes to Georgia. And I, I guess I kind of see it this way. The one thing that I keep coming back to, because I think both teams are fairly evenly matched. Um, I think one's defense is better than the other, uh, and but I think one's offense is better than the other. And I think the Falcons' offense is better, uh, and New England's defense is better. Which, when you start putting um, power on power, you know, how how does that come out? But the the one thing I keep coming back to is that the best probably the two best quarterbacks that they have faced this year they've lost to, uh, most notably Russell Wilson. Um, and, and the thing that Seattle does, the, the thing that Pete Carroll's offense does, is something that Atlanta's offense does really well, and that's spread the ball around. We, we can make some jokes about, you know, you should run the ball in the one-yard line. And, oh, my God, if we, get, we have the ball in the one-yard line, I, I would like to think, you know, Coleman or Freeman gets the ball. Um, but in breaking this down, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be one of those last-possession kind of deals. It also feels a little bit like it's going to be like what we saw in the national championship game, whoever gets the ball last. But, but I think it's I think it's the Falcons. You know, Matt ha- Matt Ice, Matty Ice has, has kind of taken a rap for being terrible in – High pressure into the game situations. I think he. I think he sheds at this game. And I think the Falcons have a fantastic offense and are an incredibly fun team to to watch and uh, are going to be able to put up a lot of points. I just think that Tom Brady is not losing this game. I'm sorry, Tom Brady is not losing this game. Uh, this is the, this is the this this is his chance to really have like these. This, remember, if he wins this game, uh, he becomes the first quarterback ever to win five Super Bowls. Um, and uh, something's no like Montana did, never did that. Montana had four. Uh, Terry Bradshaw had four. This would give him five. I think Tom Brady is, in fact, the best quarterback to ever play. And I think this game, as great as it as great as the Falcons team is, uh, they, he's not losing this game. So I I think it's going to come down to a uh, a last drive for the Patriots, and uh, I think they win the fourth quarter. So sorry guys, I am picking the Patriots in this game. Sorry. Ooh. I know. <laughs> Well, I mean, hey, look, if the, if the Patriots had the ball last, they win. For the worth, I didn't get booed like that when I picked Alabama to beat Georgia a couple years ago. This is different. This is different. <laughs> why? Why is it different? It's funny. Why is it different? Is it better? Like, who? I've been, I'm, uh, okay, I'm curious. Okay. Here, here's a question. Me, here's a question. Okay. What okay. would you have rather had happen? Georgia win that game or the Falcons win this game? Oh, don't do that to me. That's why, that's why I asked. I knew it was a tough well, question. I, I I will see your question and, and raise you the fact that the Falcons had the same thing happen to them in t- 2012 that Georgia had happened to them. So I would have rather both of them taking care of business in 2012 because Roddy White was like four yards short. Yeah, but that has nothing to, to do with com- my question. <laughs> I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing what most people do to dodge questions. Yeah. I'm just kind of seeing your – no, I can't answer that question. But I can say oh, I have question. been a Falcon fan 
longer than I have been a Georgia fan. I grew up going to Atlanta Fulton County Stadium after church as like a three-year-old, kind of like what you're doing with William and Wynn um, and what I'm doing with with my boys and what uh, Tony does with Charlie going to going to Georgia games. So, I mean, I was literally sitting out there when Eric Dickerson was running all over our defense and it was freezing cold and I've got a football that was thrown into the fan and into the stands. My granddad used to be the director of transportation for Marta and he would be parking buses and like get us in there. And so it's like a lifelong quest for me just to get to this point. And it's the second time. And, you know, as long as nobody's going out, uh, no safeties are going out the night before the Super Bowl. We need to keep everybody in the hotel room. I'm going to be okay come game day as long as we have our whole team present and accounted for and our head coaches and up all night trying to, you know, game plan or do, do something else. And, Will, I will say that I, I can't disagree with your sentiment that that Brady is the best quarterback in, in to play the game. Um, and I, I, I understand where you're coming from. And, and you know what? If New England has the ball last, they probably win. But I just uh, – there's something about – the the way this matchup works, I think it's going to be one of those thirty five thirty one games that um, that just something wacky happens at the end. I just happen to think the Falcons are the ones are going to do it. All right, well, fair enough. I will say the last thing on this um, mm-hmm. a reason uh, as someone who it really likes Georgia football and like has really mm-hmm. become full bore on Georgia football and thinks the Falcons. You're not are a ki- Falcon. I th- yeah, thinks the Falcons Falcon. are kind of fun. Uh, for me, I feel like someday I'll put it this way. I want you to ration your tears a little bit, Scott, in that someday Georgia's going to win the national championship. It's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. And I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like, oh, this is, this was like the Falcons win. Like, no, it will not be like the Falcons win because then the Georgia wins the national championship where everyone's going to lose their freaking minds. When the Falcons win, it's going to be a, it's going to be like, frankly, when the Rams won the won the Super Bowl in 2000, which was awesome. This thing that I have a connection to and that I care about, but it's not the number one thing that I care about, won something. So everyone was happy for the Rams, but I, I'll put it this way. Cardinals fans would trade, as much as that season was amazing, and Kurt Warner will have a spot. Well, Kurt Warner is my favorite NFL player of all time. Like, we'll have a spot in our hearts forever. I love that team so much. I would trade... 30 of those for one Cardinals Cardinals World Series championship. I ended up getting two in the next in the next 12 years. Uh, but uh I'm curious, would you how many Falcons championships would you trade for one Georgia National Championship? I want one Falcons championship right now because it's right here in front of my face. And the fact that this snuck up on me it, it snuck up on me so fast this year. Like I, I would not, I was not thinking the Falcons would be in this position. This gives me hope to thinking that, uh, you know, would you could trade this, do it next w- year? Would you trade? Would you trade this game for knowing before you die that Georgia wins a national championship? Oh gosh, well, you got to start answering these questions. Okay, all right, fine. I will answer this question. I want. I would. I would take Georgia. Good answer. That that that's the answer I was rooting for. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, I have I to be I have to be realistic because uh, you know that is my passion project. Right. You know, good. And, good but, to know. and you journalists are tough. I'm telling you, we uh, it's you know it's uh, we are the opposition party. So you yeah, know, we are. Uh, that's Gosh. what we're here for. <laughs> hey, real quick before we move into like basketball, I did have uh, the Brent Musburger sponsored prop bets. A couple of them that were uh, interesting to me. Take the over. Huh. Take the take the over. Take the over. So uh, the prop bets for the first touchdown: Julio is fifteen to two. Uh, Legarrette Blunt is eight to one. I think some value in there is Taylor Gabriel at sixteen to one, and our very own Malcolm Mitchell at twenty to one. What's Muhammad Sanu getting? I, I didn't I didn't go that far. I mean, it lists every player, so I mean, you can oh. look it up. Will there be a flea flicker? Yes, we'll pay off five to one. I think that's a decent probability. I take that bet. Yeah, I take that bet. Did y'all see, I think it was in the Green Bay game, they had Sanu line up in the Wildcat. Maybe they're setting something up. I know that's not a flea flicker, but still, it shows you they're kind of doing some kind of uh, uh, playing around with uh, some trick plays. Uh, Super Bowl MVP, Tom Brady. You want to guess what his odds are? Oh, I mean, I would have to. Uh, is it three to, three two? to two? Yeah. Yeah, basically seven to five. Matt Ryan is five to two. Um, interesting. Uh, I think if you're betting on this, which I'm not, 
Uh, Tevin Coleman's a good value at 40 to 1 because he could catch a couple touchdown passes or run them in. Muhammad Sanu's 50 to 1, and Malcolm Mitchell would make the fifth Georgia Bulldog Super Bowl MVP at 100 to 1. Malcolm Mitchell, if you if you win the MVP, you're welcome to our tailgate. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Or win Dancing with the Stars. That's fine, too. <laughs> the last couple ones. Uh, Tony, this one's for you. The first song by Lady Gaga will be that she performs at halftime. I'm sure I figured you would know this. Uh, Poker Face. Poker Face is uh, in the fourth position. The favorite is born this way. And um, finally, will Houston, we have a problem, be said during live TV? Oh, like, oh, does it have to be during the game or does the pregame it has to count? Be, it has to be during the live broadcast until the final whistle. So it's between whistles. That's when it starts counting. Okay. So it's between 6.15 and 11 is generally? Yeah, yeah, basically. So we'll, we'll, uh, who's doing the game? Is it Fox? Yeah, it's Fox. So will uh, Joe yeah. say, Houston, we have a problem? I don't think Joe Buck will, but like, they'll, they'll, Go over to one of those numb nuts. Uh, uh, Whitlock is going to show up at some point during this thing, and uh, yes. and, and that's the type of <laughs> thing he would say. So yes, <laughs> Will, you're killing me on your uh, on your language. I'm going to have to I'm really sorry. work. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> I, that is that, dumbass is literally the be, nicest thing I can say about Jason Will. To be fair, no, numb nuts and <laughs> is absolutely on the oh, point. Man, y'all are killing me. Y'all are killing me. <laughs> okay. Keep it happy. <laughs> sorry. All right, so let's move on. Move on to okay. Georgia, Georgia okay. stuff. Okay, so the, I don't want, I don't know how much we want to go down this, how much we want to get into this, but uh, certainly uh, Georgia basketball has had a lot happen. Uh, I, the, since the last time we talked about Georgia basketball, I think it was after the Missouri game. No, it was after the Vanderbilt game. After the Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt game. And we were certainly up, and then everything fell apart. Um, the Texas A&M game was as crushing a loss as you could possibly imagine, and then they got wiped out of Alabama, and all of a sudden – We've gone from, hey, it's Georgia, one of the top three teams in the SEC, to is Mark Fox going to survive the season? Uh, they edged Texas, which I thought that was a tricky game. It's a game they certainly could have lost. I think if they would have lost that game, that sends this into a death spiral, which is something I wrote about uh, for SportsCenter this week, the coaching death spiral, which Illinois coach John Gross is going through as well. <laughs> to me, that um, coming at th- this week, uh, it's Kentucky, then it's South Carolina, then it's Florida, then it's Tennessee. Ugh. It's the rough spot, uh, to say the least, right now. Here's the question. The way things are going right now, and I'll, I'll send this to you first, Tony. How much danger is Mark Fox in? You know, before I read Emerson's piece that you referenced in your, your article, um, I, I was um, I would have said a fair amount. Um, uh, here's here's kind of how I view it. There are the fans, little little T, little F, who think that Georgia should be – there's no reason for Georgia not to make the, the NCAA tournament this year. And then there are capital T, capital F fans who um, would like to see us make a tournament and are trying really hard to understand what's going on with this basketball team. I, I felt like if – and I think maybe Texas as much to you I, because I was a little sad to see it. I thought that we were going to lose this, this game against Texas. And I think that would have spelled the end of Mark Fox's career because at that point, or career Georgia, because that would have been three games in a row, including the, including getting tossed uh, the game before, um, and then not really taking a strong position. I, I, I get that the officials applied the rule correctly, but his uh, his response was. Uh, you know, it was muted. At, at, be, at best, muted. At among the worst fans, would have called it milk toast. Um, so, you know, I, I think. Uh, but and here's the but. I thought I thought after getting down against Texas in the first half, the team made fantastic adjustments, played really well. It always helps to get JJ Frazier hot. But I think they intentionally attacked the low post to get those big guys for Texas in foul trouble, uh, which really freed up the lane for J.J. to make a couple of drives that, that got him sparked. Um, you know, there's absolutely a path at this point where Georgia doesn't make the NCAA tournament and, and Mark Fox keeps his job. Um, the the thing I think that most – and maybe, maybe the administration, I, I can't speak for the administration, but I think most people would say is that Georgia has to win the games that they can win. Um, it's unrealistic for us to expect to go to Lexington and beat Kentucky as much as I wish we would. Hey, speaking of Musburger, that's his last professional broadcast on television, huh. at, at which point I'm going to start paying, uh, paying big money to watch him broadcast games live from his bookie's basement uh, because I think that would be true good TV. Um, you know, but, but you know, the reality is, is that there are 
in the neighborhood of six more, seven more winnable games on the schedule. There's a couple more games that are sneak-up games. There's, a, there's probably three, if you want to count them, that are just going to be really hard to win. Um, you just have to win those games. You've got to win the basketball games you're supposed to win. You can't lose to Alabama at home. Um, and, and that game was weirdly officiated. I, I would just... Uh, just it's crazy to me, you know. A, a good example: Mark Fox got gets teed up at home for coming about a step and a half, maybe two steps past the scorer's table, on what was obviously a terrible, terrible carrying call. Um, Shaka Smart runs almost out to mid court and doesn't get teed up, and it's it's two of the three same crew. That tells me a little bit of maybe what Fox said behind the scenes. Um, that's a very long way of saying I think the jury's out whether Mark Fox keeps his job. I, I think at this point, if we win the games, you're supposed to win. And the team continues to play well. And I, I thought he lost the team after after the first half of Texas game. Um, it after this after the second half, it, it doesn't look like he has. Um, so I think the jury's still out. I I think he's in trouble. I think the only way he gets fired. I think you're right. I think if he it, he doesn't have to make the tournament to keep his job, but he does have to avoid the season going off the rails and it's, yeah. it's still on the table though. I mean, look at these next, if like, if he loses these next four games, which is possible to say the least, it's very possible. Mm-hmm. I think that then you can, yes, there's a good recruiting class coming in next year, but I don't know how that, I mean, imagine if Maiden's probably, Yante's probably going to come back, but even if he, even if somehow he doesn't, or if he decides to, to go early, I don't know how next team's next year's team's going to score. <laughs> like I just like there's there's still yeah. there's there's still nobody that and and to me I would put it this way if they have if they don't make the tournament that turns up a lot of heat on him next year and if they fall off the table and they lose these next four games and it's one thing to finish fourth you know the thing the thing about Emerson's article is. It says, listen, if Fox, Fox is doing a good job if he's fourth or fifth in the SEC because the way the fan base is, the way the kind of resources they have, I think he, like, that's a solid, that's, a, that's an impressive job. But if they lose these next four games or three of these next four games, he's not going to be fourth or fifth uh, in the SEC. And that's when it starts getting a little scary when Auburn's passing you or Mississippi's passing you or Texas A&M's passing you. That's when you get a little worried when you've got a guy like Frazier and a guy like Yante who this should be a better team than that. I think it's one thing for Fox to overachieve and for people to still be disappointed because they think Georgia should be this and it's actually this. It's another thing to actually underachieve or have a season go off the rails. And I, again, I, I think it's on the table. Yeah, and especially you look at, uh, I mean, the SEC appears to be quote unquote down again. Although maybe Tennessee beating Kentucky changed that narrative some. Um, but you know, the I think you're I think you're right about that. Now, it probably does depend a little bit on how they look and lose. And you know, you go to Kentucky, you play competitively, um, you don't get run off the court. Um, frankly, I. I I did not. I did not like them losing in heartbreaking fashion to Kansas at all because that gives Calipari a lot of room to, to, to practice them harder. Um, but you know the, you know you go to Kentucky and get blown about thirty, and then you go the after that and get you know lose, and then you go lose to a Tennessee team. Uh, it, you know that's that that's winnable. That's a winnable game. Um, you the the good news is is that Marquette and Georgia Tech. Um, Marquette less so because we lost to him, but you know Georgia Tech is starting to win some games now. Uh, they put up a couple impressive wins uh, in the past couple of weeks. They've made those Georgia's wins earlier look like eh, wins are, are going to look a little better. So they're, you know, originally we we kind of had in my or my at least I had in my mind that we had to get to 21 or so regular season wins. You may well get there now if you if you have 18 or 19 wins. Um, uh, but the the problem is, is the calendar's getting short. You know, we're we're inside uh, what five weeks now to the SEC tournament, and at the end of the day, he is paid to he's paid to get Georgia wins, and looking looking good in losses is probably not enough. All right, so that's where that stands. And uh, big games this week. I think if they lose all four, it's trouble. I think if you split split, I think you're in an okay spot as long as you don't have any bad losses down the end. And also, um, can I say that uh, that here's the, here's the last question. Here's another question, Scott. I have another conundrum for you. I like the conundrum okay. game. 
right. I asked someone uh, this before the Alabama game, Georgia fan. Similar to you, I think, in that like basketball is eh, and football is like the big deal. <laughs> going into the game, but he was still going to the game. Like he was, you know, we were having sure. I like these. I, I know a lot of people don't like the nine p.m. games. I guess get some good drinking time for it. Get I actually don't really mind. I'm just. Where are you Grindhouse? Uh, yeah, yeah, grind yeah. I usually go to Grindhouse because yeah, and uh, and and just and you can just walk home afterwards. I'm 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 I'm, I'm pro that. Uh, but anyway, I asked him this question and was flabbergasted by the answer. Because you you mentioned earlier that Georgia um, has a chance to beat Alabama in the recruiting rankings. I don't know if that's assured. I think some people have them up. Some people have Alabama up. It's going to be close. It's going right. to be close either way. Um, but here here's my question. We Clearly, we know the class that Georgia has. Maybe there'll be a flip here or maybe a flip there. But we generally have a good idea. And we know it's a really good class. What I asked him, what would you rather have? Georgia be ranked ahead of Alabama in the recruiting class. Rankings are coming up on February 1st. Or Georgia to win this game that we are about to watch against Alabama. Well, could they finish second recruiting? No, I said they had, they had to beat Alabama. They had to beat Alabama in that recruiting rankings. The recruiting has come out. They would have to beat Alabama and be number one. I mean, I guess if they were second to all of a sudden out of nowhere, Lovey Smith gets Illinois first. But uh, they have to beat Alabama. Yeah, we'll say it. Beat Alabama and be number one in the rankings. Or beat Georgia beat Alabama in the basketball game we were about to watch. What would your answer to that question be? Well, I would have said basketball game because if we finish one, two, three, or four, I'm pretty dead I'm happy with and plus those rankings don't mean anything I mean we were ranked high in like 2013 and 2012 and a lot of the guys quit or transferred or got run off or forgot what it was like to take classes and those don't mean (laughs) anything it just makes makes people I can't even believe that people gosh I better not say this Uh, I don't we're our podcast isn't big enough to really ruffle anybody's feathers (laughs) I can't believe people get paid to talk to high school kids about recruiting and stuff like this I mean I just I follow it, but I don't put any kind of real substance into what they're ranking them because they're 18-year-old kids, and you don't know what they're going to pan out to in two years and attrition and everything. So, yeah, I'd take the basketball game, absolutely. Waller, what, what would you take? Oh, I'd, take I'd take the basketball game, too. Okay, yeah. But I know what he took. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, I was – because, Scott, I got to tell you, you and I disagree on some things sometimes. I couldn't agree more with every word that you said, specifically the idea that, like, <laughs> that, like a basketball game is real. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there are actually points, and there's a winner, and there's a victor. And this ranking is a – Bunch of middle-aged dudes looking at teenagers in their underwear and deciding which which group of teenagers in their underwear is better than this group of teenagers in their underwear. And I'm sorry, but that's exactly what recruiting rankings are. And let's not pretend that's oh, not wow. what they are. And so, wow. uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Hot, hot I, take, hot take. It's not a hot take. That is a fact. That is literally <laughs> what it is. Like I'm not like I'm not saying they're looking at them lasciviously. I'm just pointing out that that is physically what the job is. So I could care less about recruiting rankings. I really could. I just I want them see. to do well. I like you want you know them to have. I, a you know what? I want to hear. I want to hear Kirby come out and say we have no rankings. But I went out and got best guys at the best position. Y'all are going to be amazed when you come out to G Day and make sure to pack it out. And we're going to have one heck of a. 2017 season. That's what I want to hear. I could care less about the rankings. Now, an uh, then opposite argument that I'm not going to make, but some would make to this would be, well, out, a but the one other side of the argument would be I don't care about basketball. But the other side of argument would be, it w- Alabama has been number one in the rankings what six straight years, like a long time. To actually have it, like whoever topples Alabama in those rankings, it's going to be a big deal for that program, even though it's not real, even though it's all the aforementioned middle-aged men, but it's all just like guesswork. One could argue that someone eventually is going to topple Alabama in these rankings. Now their six-year streak has its own momentum now. It has its own kind of narrative now. Someone beating, actually ending that streak, I think the argument would be made that it would speak well to that program and speak well to future recruits to say, wow, something is happening over there if they were to beat them in the rankings. That would be the opposing argument. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that argument, I, but that would be but, an argument. 
I would say all I would say that there's only 12 people that know that stat and you're one of them because nobody knows that. I did I just found that out. That's news to me. And I'm I'm I feel like I'm pretty dialed into uh college football. I did not know that Alabama was ranked number 1 for the past 6 years and really frankly don't care. Okay, Waller, am I am I just a crazy person that happens to know this? I feel like this is a thing. People know that, right? Oh, yes, 100% a thing. I I I'm, I'm with you, Scott, and and um I probably don't take as dim a view of recruiting as as others, but um, I certainly I certainly jive with the idea that there's way too much attention paid to it, um, particularly any time before the week last week in January. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably right. You know, quote unquote toppling Alabama um, that I didn't realize it's six years now, but I knew it was a, a considerable number of years. I think there is an element of and probably quite strategically on Kirby's part of being the one to topple Alabama to show that there is something different happening in Athens. Um, and Scott, as much as I want to say, let's pack out um, Sanford for G-Day, I'd much rather pack it out for App State. I'm tired of seeing 74,000 people show up for these games. Okay, well, so our, our next show is not, we're not going to have a immediate right after recruiting uh, day show, but we're, our next one is... Uh, is uh, are we gonna? I guess if the Falcons win the Super Bowl, are we gonna have? Should we do a recap? Well, can you do one after the game if that would please our um, podcast listeners and not offend anybody? <laughs> I, 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 I I don't I don't hope they. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is that a post election day uh, discussion or is that a no? Uh, is that a post no, 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 no. Okay, okay. No, it's uh the post uh, Clemson Alabama game. Did I offend oh, people? I, they just I, couldn't hear me. No, no, there was a guy that was oh, very that upset. Oh, that dipshit. Oh, sorry, I did it again. Sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. That guy's a... Uh, Sunday Night Will's my favorite Will. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, 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 I can't say, I, I know you've, you've mentioned this before. I, I, I am, I've worked on the internet for a long time, and I have seen all sorts of comments. All sorts of comments. Um, I have to say, getting mad at a podcast for spoiling a game... A game, a <laughs> national championship game, is literally one of the stupidest comments I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert: We talk about stuff that happened in the past. That's why I said that earlier. That's the way <laughs> it works. You know, I have a feeling, however long we do this podcast, Tony's going to be saying that phrase from now on. Kind of like, let's look, be clear. Look, I appreciate. I appreciate people listening. I really do. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It's just it's really hard to get my head around being mad that, you know, we talked about stuff, the national championship game, a college football podcast talked about the national championship game, you know, that happened in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, it's just weird, too, because in what bubble must this person live in where we are like he has no access to any <laughs> other well, no, thing I, that might know, tell him the score? I, I mean, I can see where, you know, you have your kids at home. You, you you got sleep when you could. You're going to watch it while you're feeding the baby at three thirty in the morning. I, I mean, just you know, for for example, or maybe you know, maybe it was at work. I don't know. I mean, I get that. I understand that. Like, you would not. I understand. I don't want to learn the score to this game. I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want. I don't want it spoiled. I understand that concept. What I do not understand is the idea that oh, I have to. <laughs> the the oh, quick I should I, I should watch, I listen to this podcast yeah, like yeah exactly yeah. like just like I, I <laughs> like the one that's titled championship game podcast <laughs> well I think I put it in the yeah. title I put uh, Clemson beats Alabama like to win the national championship so if I titled it differently it might have been okay that person is dumber in a box of 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 thing that you'll have to bleep. I'm talking I'm to you, of- sir. The person <laughs> listening right now, I'm spoiling the fact that you're a moron. That's what I'm spoiling. <laughs> well, All so right. we'll, we'll be at Tailgate we'll next week. And, <laughs> yeah, yes. come out and see me and, uh, and watch me cower and weep. <laughs> you're like, the fat one over there is with Tony. I mean, the fat one over there is Will. <laughs> I'm like, hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, all right. Well, hey, right. real quick, real quick. Yeah. Did y'all hear my uh, my interview for uh, with the Creature Comfort CEO Chris Heron? I did. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Thank yeah. you. Really, yeah. really good stuff. I'm generally anti-capitalism in the promotion of uh, of the exchange of money for goods and services. However, I did think it was a good interview. 
Hey, that, that wasn't. We didn't. We didn't exchange any money for goods and services. No, I know. I'm just saying. I don't like to. I, I generally am anti-commercialism, and I know it, it probably helped his business. And I don't like helping businesses. I I, oh. I want anarchy and chaos. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I, I didn't, no, I didn't think you did anything wrong. In podcast. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I just uh, just any anytime anytime that that people are trying to make money, I'm like, nope, stop doing that. Oh, I got you. You've got your tongue firmly planted inside of your cheek. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. That's, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that's where that's sitting planted. No, uh, there we go. There we go. Well, this was a this was a lot longer than I anticipated. Um, uh, I'm glad. I think we needed to. It, it was almost uh, very cathartic and uh, some some good reasons and some bad reasons and not bad meaning it was bad, but you know, like get, really getting that Georgia stuff uh, for the basketball part out. Yeah. And um, and Will got out. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Um, yeah. so anyway, I, I certainly hope you. I certainly hope you made notes all the times we'll cost. Yeah, sorry I, about no, that. I, no, I didn't. It's a middle note. I think it's three, and then Co- Tony, you uh, added one yourself. So I appreciate that. Um, you can say that on like CBS now. I know, I know, but but you know, never mind. I'll, we'll get into that when we're live. <laughs> I don't really have a big problem with it. It's just something I'd started a long time ago. I understand. And gonna, I understand. I apologize. And Zach Gummit, I'm going to keep it up. I'm like, uh, uh, is it Ned in The Simpsons? <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Concerned yeah. to have. Uh, anyway, uh, Will is heading out to, to uh, Houston for the big game. Are we allowed to say Super Bowl? Yes, yes. Just did. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I was joking. That was uh, another uh, pun. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, this is getting this is getting a little bit ridiculous. Uh, Will's going to be in Houston. Expect to read all sorts of articles. Make sure to go to SportsOnEarth.com and follow him on Twitter at William F. Leach. Uh, is that right? Yep, that's right. All of those okay. things. And then he's going to be secretly pulling for the Falcons uh, and trying to uh, lay some haymakers on Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe. La- last promotion thing, by the way. Last promotion thing I'll say. I'm going to be on Fox News Sunday morning of the uh, of the Super Bowl. I will be on uh, – uh, on, they have this. Uh, they have a show, uh, uh, like a media show. Media Buzz is what it's called. I will be on that show talking about Super Bowl coverage. Now, one of my many things I always enjoy about moving to Georgia, the many things I love about Georgia uh, is uh, when I was in New York, I would go on Fox News. And no one would notice at all. Uh, and I would go on MSNBC and they'd be like, hey, wow, we saw you on TV. And I very much enjoy that the exact opposite thing happens that I live in Georgia. <laughs> Is that with uh, Greg Gutfeld? No, no, that's uh, no, that, that's the that's his weird Saturday show. Yo, I, I, yo, Greg, do you know I was the first ever guest on Greg Gutfeld's show, uh, late night show? I was no. the first ever guest on that show with Andrew Breitbart, actually. Oh, oh wow. Yes. That's uh, well, that's another podcast for yes, another day. Regardless of the monstrosity that's become, Andrew Breitbart was a very nice, funny man. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, so no, that is uh, that is the media show that uh, uh, that the, the old Washington Post uh, columnist has. It's it's the show. It's called Media Buzz. It's an hour show. I was on it talking about Kaepernick a few weeks ago, uh, and I'll be on that Sunday morning. Uh, uh, if you're if you're watching, if you're if you're uh, on, uh, basically at any restaurant or bar in Georgia. <laughs> Just uh, you'll you'll see you'll see me on Fox News on Sunday morning. All right. So before I know we keep saying we're going to wrap this up, but we need a secret word. Uh, maybe if you say "Let's be clear" for any acquaintances uh, last Saturday podcast <laughs> listeners, I can you got it. <laughs> yeah, that's just say idea. "Let's be clear." And then that's everybody that idea. listens to this podcast and tunes you in that'll and that'll actually get you more viewership. That's because they're going to be tuning in to see if you how you weave in "Let's be clear" and then give a little side wink, and then we're all going to be like, "Hey, check it out." <laughs> That's a good idea. I will try to do that. The show, the show is called Media Buzz. Howard Kurtz is the host. It's on 11 a.m. on Sun on Super Bowl Sunday. So you will see me yammering the show, and I'm going to do my absolute best. I may write it on my hand <laughs> to make sure to put <laughs> "Let's Be Clear" on there. I'm gonna, I'm really going to try to remember. <laughs> well, I'll uh, remind everybody in the outro to set their DVRs for that. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs as well. Go Falcons. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to set your DVRs to record Media Buzz. Or I guess you could watch it live. It's set to air at 11 a.m. Eastern on Sunday on the Fox News channel. So you can see and hear, or hear and see, our very own Will Leach. And listen out for the phrase that we gave him, which is for him to say, let's be clear. See if he does that. I have a lot of faith that he's going to do it. So uh, Sunday is also the Falcons versus the Patriots in Super Bowl 51. You've heard our thoughts 
what are yours? You can tweet our show at WSLS Podcast if you'd like to jump into the discussion. And if you're listening to our podcast via iTunes, please consider taking time out of your day to leave us a rating and review. I've said in the past that I will read all reviews on the air, and yes, that even means reviews that are negative. We had a negative review recently. It comes from ACC1979. Left us a one-star review, which for the record is our very first one-star. And he or she said, spoiler alert much? Thanks for spoiling the results of the championship game before I had time to watch the second half. I think this person was referencing the Bama-Clemson National Championship, which the Tigers won. And my response to this person would first be, thanks for listening to our show. And I mean that. And second, the fact that our podcast spoiled the ending of not a middle-of-the-road Thursday night college football game that ran late, but the college football national championship game. That's completely on you, not us. Because as Tony likes to say, we talk about games that happened in the past. And we'll probably be producing a quick post-game Super Bowl podcast, so just keep that in mind in case you want to go to bed early. Again, thanks for listening to our show, and that'll do it for this episode. If you haven't already, go ahead and listen to episode 80, where I spoke to Chris Heron. He's the CEO and co-founder of Creature Comforts Brewery right here in Athens, Georgia. He runs an outstanding company and is a fantastic individual as well. So I think you'll enjoy that. And that'll do it for episode 81. So all I have to say now is go dogs. We will see you on campus very soon. And most importantly, go Falcons. Rise up and get that Vince Lombardi trophy back to Atlanta. Have a great week.